The Worldwide Hanukkah begins by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. There is a remnant people spread across the earth today that are born-again, spirit-filled believers truly trying to practice righteousness and apply God's will, law, and truth to their daily walk. Understanding the promises of God have not yet been fulfilled, these believe they will happen and will soon manifest for those that keep His commandments and walk in His will. They have entered into His blood covenant through communion, becoming a viable part of His royal family, separate from the world, dedicated to Him and His kingdom. They are drawn from the Adamic race, altered by God through rebirth and metamorphosed through His knowledge to a new species. Representatives of this end-time generation are scattered around the planet. They are the fulfillment of Psalm chapter 102, verse 18. This will be written for the generation to come that a people yet to be created, reborn through the Word, may praise the Lord a prophetic people that will help pray and sing the new earth into being. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. They are a generation of people God blueprinted for this time before He ended His works at creation. Created to manifest from within God's rest, they are vessels chosen and preserved for the end time according to His plan. Predestined ones He would use to restore all creation at the dawning of the eighth day. You see, a thousand years is as a day to the Lord. So in the year 2000, it was seven days from creation and we are now in the early morning of the eighth day. Eight, by the way, is a number symbolic of new beginnings. But here is an even more exciting fact. It was 2,000 years from the cross to the year 2000. So we, from that perspective, are right now in the morning of the third day. Look with spiritual eyes at the symbolism here. John chapter 2, verses 19 through 21. Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So the Lord's house, temple, tabernacle, whatever the translation, is his body, and will rise in the third day. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 then explains how His people house His Spirit. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. John chapter 14, verse 2 in my Father's house are many mansions, or houses. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 and 16 For we are God's fellow workers. You, all of God's people collectively, are God's field. You are God's building, His house, temple, tabernacle. Do you not know that you are the temple of God, His house, 
and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 You also, as living stones, plural, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. He is the chief cornerstone of this house of God. So we could say, the temple of God is a living house, one made of living stones. His throne is therefore a living throne as well. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed, as a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns, eighth day, third day, and the morning star. Jesus, the King of kings and Lord of lords, rises in your hearts, ascends to his throne and to his kingship over the earth through his body. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, look, the tabernacle of God is with men. His body is formed, his house completed, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. This is the fulfillment of John 17, 20 through 23. John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, one accord, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. This kind could only stem from Christ. And the glory which you gave me, the Father dwelled in him, I have given them. It is our honor to house God, that they may be one, just as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, one body that we are perfect within, and that the world may know that you have sent me, that he overcame the world and destroyed the works of the enemy and have loved them as you have loved me. Just as God the Father was in Jesus when he walked the earth, so he is in his body today to bring restoration and regeneration to his creation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation, making humanity compatible with God. So what does information concerning God's remnant people today and His temple or body have to do with Hanukkah that happened in 165 BC? Plenty. This generation is walking out or manifesting Hanukkah today. These chosen ones have eagerly feasted on all the well-oiled knowledge served at the ten feasts they were specifically invited to attend, as listed in Leviticus chapter 23. They are his children of oil, sons of light that hungrily consumed the knowledge of God served by the Seventh-day Church. But these searched further, fully filling their vessels, their heart and mind, with the knowledge released in this end time to the church of the eighth day. 
It is an absolute miracle how the light of God's truth survived the false doctrines, hypocrisy, and man's intellect in the church of the seventh day, keeping the word alive until the eighth day. Its light shone brightly for seven days miraculously, though, until the eighth day generation received enough truth for a new anointing to be developed into a new oil, the Jonah anointing. Side note. The prophetic account of Samson eating the honey out of the dead lion is symbolic of this time. Let me explain. In the natural, Samson was a Nazarite priest and forbidden, according to the Mosaic law, to touch a dead carcass of a beast. So what did this mean? What was the symbolism here? Let us look at Judges 14. Judges chapter 14 verses 8 and 9. After some time, when he, Samson, returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees, the champions of the faith in the Seventh-day Church that kept the truth alive, and honey, the knowledge they preserved, were in the carcass of the lion, the once great church. He took some of it in his hands. He took it in his own hands to keep this truth alive and went along, eating. So he matured in the truth. When he came to his father and mother, fed this truth to his family, he gave some to them, and they also ate. They now also kept alive the seventh-day knowledge, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion, that the church was dead, and this knowledge was not new revelation. In other words, the new Eighth-day generation carefully gleaned the knowledge from the old church, gave it to others to grow, then sought hungrily for more truth, particularly interested in knowledge pertaining to the end of this age. This mixture of knowledge produced light for the children of oil to find their way, light their path to the Eighth-day. Jonah chapter 1 verse 17 through chapter 2 verse 1, also brings this truth to light. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish, the old church, to swallow Jonah. The name means dove. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. His bride, his body, was originally in the seventh-day church. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God, not full or satisfied with the oil, the manna from the old church. They wanted more so they could manifest Christ's victory on the earth according to God's promises and restore all creation. They prayed for new insight, new knowledge from the fish's belly. Jonah chapter 2 verse 10, we see God heard. So the Lord spoke to the fish. This truth demanded change and the old church did not care to. They like where they are and it vomited Jonah into the dry land. They couldn't handle the prophetic in their midst. The old church could not handle the deeper truth, the fiery prayer and praise of these hungry-for-knowledge ones. They were too militant, too out of the box for those of the old religion. The old wineskins didn't care for the anointing and preferred instead their moldy religious traditions. Jonah chapter 3 verses 3 and 10 shows us what this anointing can do, however, as these eighth-day people of God preach if the people will just hear and are themselves hungry for truth.
So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in an extent. Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. No miracles, no big show, just preached truth, but the people heard and were changed. This is the Jonah anointing that is on this end-time generation. Christ means the anointed. So these scriptures speak of an eighth-day people with a special anointing to teach and cause people to want to change. They won't change the world for sure. It is not theirs to change, but it can change individual lives. Now here is another reference to Hanukkah. The word Jonah, according to the Strong's Concordance, means dove. Did you know the doves loosed at the Olympic Games are loosed in honor of Zeus? What was erected on the altar of the temple in Jerusalem by the Greeks during the era of the Maccabees? A huge statue of Zeus, the sun god. These doves are the direct opposite of the children of the eighth day, God's doves. These spirit-led messengers of truth that attended the king's wine banquet are dedicated only to him and to carrying out his plan of restoration. They are the bride in the body of Christ. The Olympic doves are therefore symbolic of the bride of the sun god, or Zeus, but his real identity is Satan, and his bride is likewise in his body. Another symbol is the torch, burning in honor of the sun god, standing for the enlightenment and the spread of the world's knowledge over the five continents of the world, which is the meaning of the five Olympic rings. This torch is diabolically the opposite of the menorah, representing the knowledge and light of God. All this is a part of the ancient pagan religions of the Greeks forced on Israel in the days of Antiochus, the fourth leader of the Grecian armies. This man called himself God, reflecting the image of the one in him. That same God is controlling God's people today through his immoral society with its pagan holidays and religions. 1 John chapter 5, verse 19 We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway or control of the wicked one, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you choose to call him. God calls him a serpent and dragon. The ancient Greeks called him Zeus, the same God. Malachi chapter 4 verse 2 says, however, But to you who fear my name, Yahweh, Yeshua, Jesus, the Son of Righteousness, Christ, God's Word that enlightens the earth, the real God the Son represents, shall arise in and through his body, his house, the heart of his bride, who is incidentally represented by the moon that gets her light from the sun, with healing in his wings. Restoration begins, and you shall go out, run to and fro, as Daniel tells us with God's truth, and grow fat, spiritually, like stall-fed calves, as in Hanukkah of old, when Mattathias, a Jewish priest with his five sons and a very small army, waged guerrilla war against the Greeks, so we battle today. We too are tired of the enemy's influence on God's people, making them to be lawless. Rebellion against God's law puts their lives in jeopardy. 
Truth is trampled and their temples are destroyed by sickness, disease, and death. As Mattathias said, enough is enough, so do we. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11 tells us how to overcome. And they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death These eighth-day people submit evidence through prayer and praise to the Father concerning all the ways the enemy and his army of evil spirits have trampled the will of God, breaking every law, devastating his once perfect creation, as well as belittling and profaning his name. These are small in number in the physical realm, but are in full agreement with those in paradise. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 encourages us. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, those in paradise, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, practice righteousness, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. There is more of us than meets the eye. Matthew chapter 12 verse 41 speaks of the testimonies from paradise. The men of Nineveh, those Jonah preached to, will rise up in the judgment with, notice with, this generation. They testify from paradise to God and condemn it, give witness against those that refuse truth and will not change. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah, they did repent and change. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Christ, His Bride, in His Body. Today's Hanukkah is a spiritual war, and the whole earth is involved, whether they want to be or not. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10-13 through 13 tells us how to protect ourselves and who the enemy is. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Jesus is our armor, our helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, shoes shod with the gospel, our sword, the word of God, and our shield of faith. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places, Satan's unseen army. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Instead of Mattathias, it is today the Holy Spirit. His five sons were symbolic of the fivefold ministers, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, God's government, and the head of His body. Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 shows us this government. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, Christ. And the government, the head of His body, is His government, will be upon His shoulder, and His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government 
and peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward even forever. Eternal. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. This is the law. Their weapons are mighty, prayer, praise, and the greatest and most powerful is the sword of truth, the word of God. With it lies are exposed and the enemy uncovered for all to recognize where the problems of this world really come from. Instead of simply a nation of God's people in danger of extinction, this time it is the whole of humanity. Even those that smugly think they are in control are not. This will become apparent very soon. No one will be spared at the hands of the enemy. All will die because he cannot give them eternal life. In fact, he himself, since his rebellion, is captive to time as well, and that time is short. One day our great high priest, the one after the order of Melchizedek, will at the testimony of his remnant people say, Enough is enough. A worldwide Hanukkah will then certainly come about. Promises will be fulfilled. His kingdom will come, and his will shall be done and those practicing righteousness will be restored, along with the rest of God's creation. Zeus will not be on the throne of their hearts, only the morning star, the king of kings, lord of lords. The world's knowledge will not be their database. These are in union with the mind of the Lord, and in desiring to do His will, they are guided by the laws of God, written on their hearts and minds. Their individual mansions are full of love and light and are as a body collectively a festival of lights for the Lord, which is another name for Hanukkah, by the way. As stated before, as God's people were ensnared by the lifestyle of the Grecian tyrant Antiochus IV and his armies, including his culture and religion, so the people today all over the earth are assimilated into the world systems. Developed by the world's knowledge, the world is imperfect, unstable, and unable to bring life, only problems and death. Satan, as its god, has proven over and over he is not fit to rule this planet or creation on it, regardless of his prideful decree in Isaiah 14. And we as God's people have plenty of proof. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14, reveals the enemy's plan. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. It is a shame he defected. He was originally assigned by God to protect and cover earth, God's government, and his people. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Do you see why he wants to invade our minds and hearts? I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Govern God's people. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. Here is why man wants to conquer space. I will be like the Most High. This unseen creature is at the core of all evil and wickedness, and yet he thinks he can be as God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 
explains why there are so many atheists, agnostics, and people that do not really know God, whose minds the God of this age, Satan, has blinded, who do not believe. Do you see it? Lest the light, knowledge, of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who overcame this world and the works of the devil, making possible the regeneration of the earth and all creation, who is the image of God, not Satan, should shine on them. Enough is enough, we like Mattathias say. Every death, every sickness, all the pain and sorrow humanity has experienced has actually been accomplished through us and against us by these unseen evil ones. We see it and want desperately for God to intervene. We want His will. He is good, righteous, loving. How many deaths and how much bloodshed has there been from Adam until today? As concrete evidence against the enemy, we submit the countless innumerable graveyards. In closing, let us come together and earnestly pray. Deliver us from the evil one, Father, and let your will alone be done on earth as in heaven. Let your kingdom come forth, O mighty God, and rectify all the enemy has altered from your original perfection. Restore and renew the earth according to your word, and in fulfillment of your plan, restore and regenerate all those that love you. Protect and guard those who have entered into your blood covenant and are flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone, as they are now targeted by the enemy that hates you. Destroy Satan's world. Let your body rise and manifest Christ's victory. Breathe life into it as you brought life to Adam in the garden. Now awaken and empower the last Adam. Let a worldwide Hanukkah begin as we testify. The kingdom belongs to our God. He alone has the right to rule. All honor, all glory is His forever and ever. Do you agree? Then let us, as the united house of the greater David, be rededicated to him at the Feast of Dedication. Let us be united in God's will and rise up in his knowledge as a living menorah, shining across the earth as little points of light, making us together a festival of lights. May his body rise in his power and authority to restore creation and let us with one voice Cry out, intervene, please intervene, and let the worldwide Hanukkah begin.